Let's prepare our hearts now as we give our tithes and offerings. Ushers, please come. Lord Jesus, we give with great joy this morning. We are so thankful not only to be a part of this church, but to be a part of your church. And we are grateful, Lord, that we get to be a part of all that you are doing in this world. In the in Hilo here and our surrounding areas that are facing such need right now and Lord in the world too I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to to show us personally how we get to be giving and Lord thank you so much too for every family here and for every child Lord I praise you for all of them for a wonderful church family bless this offering Lord Bless it and multiply it. Use it mightily in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, Glenn. What's up, man? Hey, Rod. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Hey, nice shirt, bro. Thank you. Where'd you get that? Target. Oh, cool. Hey, what are those uh, strap things? It's my holster. Like a uh, baby holster? No, no, no. It, it holds my wallet. Oh god, it's like a fanny pack. Yeah. Fanny, fanny pack of 2018! So what are you doing? Uh, just chilling, getting ready for service. Nice. Do you know the theme today? Today's theme is a mind that thinks. My mind thought. You know what I realized? Today is National Repeat Day. Today? Did you know today Today's is National, National Repeat Day. Did you know today, today is National today's Repeat National Day? Today is National Repeat Day. Yeah. Get out of here. You know what it is? It's What's also Sun Safety Week. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, so don't forget your hats, mm -hmm. umbrellas, right? and don't forget the sunscreen. Yeah, don't forget it. Nice. Speaking of uh, skincare, nice beard. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Hey, you got a nice beard, too. Thank you, yeah. thank you. It's not weird. To say nice beard. To, to another, another guy who's got a beard. It's not weird, right? I don't think so. I don't think so, either. Hey, you know what it is today? Mm -hmm. It's June 3rd. It's a National Egg Day. I know. <laughs> Wiggle jiggle. Yellow middle. Protein pack inside of a convenient shell. I love eggs. I do too. <laughs> really good. National Egg Day. Yeah. Uh, guys, you're about to get started. Hey, Rod, I gotta get going, bro. All right, cool. Yeah, um, you have an excellent day. Keep it on the sunny side. No yolk. That was so good because today we're actually gonna be talking about a mind that thinks. A mind that thinks means this that you're going to develop the kind of thinking that is like Christ. Now, you may not know Jesus Christ, you may be far from him, but he wants to bring you near, closer to himself. And the way he does that is by letting us know how much he loves us. But to have a mind that thinks really means to develop a mind that is in constant use for the Lord. Yeah, I know that sounds difficult, but you're going to hear from Pastor Ben Urbanozo today, and he's going to share a little bit about how to develop the kind of mind that is constantly thinking, not just making decisions uh, on the fly, but really developing a mind that is more like Christ. So would you welcome up Pastor Ben Urbanozo as he comes and shares the word with us. Let's welcome him up this morning. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope Church. And yes, today we're going to be talking about a mind that thinks. How we're going to, how we develop that mind. Now, God has given us a mind to be used for Him and to be used for everyday life. Sometimes we find ourselves in seasons of life where we're tired of striving and trying to make life work out for the better that we eventually stop giving careful thought to our actions, 
You know that saying, the lights are on but no one's home? Yeah. So today we're going to learn how God wired us up for when it comes to wanting to do better in life. And that we are transformed not by behavioral modification, but by the renewing of our mind. But before we can renew our minds, we have to make sure it's, it's working. Or at least awake this morning, okay? Don't look to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. So this morning I have three brain teasers to see if our minds are up to thinking today. You ready? Okay. So the first, question, the first question is this. It's a really easy one. How many animals did Moses put on the ark? Two? Two? Correct answer is zero because it wasn't Moses. It was Noah. <laughs> if you got that one wrong, I'm, I'm going to let you know right now. The next two are really hard. <laughs> so bear with me today, okay? So the second question is this. The second brain teaser is this. A baseball bat... And a ball costs $1.10. The baseball bat is $1 more than the baseball. How much is the baseball? $0.10, cents, right? $0.10. Cents. Raise your hand if you say $0.10. Cents. We're wrong. Because <laughs> the correct answer is actually $0.05. Cents. The baseball bat is $1.05. The baseball, $0.05. Cents. It's a dollar more. Some of you are still like, what? <laughs> Some of you are giving me a little like, hey, Pastor Ben, we just came here for listening to the message. <laughs> 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 I never know we was going to have to do algebra today, you know? Sorry. <laughs> and the third one is this, and this one's a little harder. So a man wanted to get into a secret place but didn't know the password. He decided to, to spy on the entrance. So when another man came to the door, the doorman asked, 12? In which the man answered, six. He was let in. And then another man comes up, and the doorman asks, ten? Oh, sorry, uh, six. The doorman asks the man, six. And the guy says, three? The guy gets let, let in. So the guy who was actually spying is like, okay, you know what? I figured out the code. I got it. I cracked it. I got it. I'm getting into that secret place. He goes to the door. The doorman tells him, ten? And he goes, Five. He was not let in. What was the number that he was supposed to give? Oh, right there. See blank faces going, what? <laughs> because the guy thought, hey, I got it. He's just, they're just dividing the numbers. That's all they're doing. But the correct answer was three. Why? Because if you look at the word 12, there are six letters in it. If you look at the word six, there's three letters in it. If you look at the word 10, there's not five, there's three. So if you got those correct, give yourselves a round of applause. If you didn't, woo! Good morning. You see, because God created our minds to be a powerful thing. Listen, there might be computers out there that they say is as fast as the human brain, but listen, no computer is as powerful as our mind. Why? Because God created our minds. See, our minds, I don't know about you, but our minds are where we dream, we think, we create, we problem solve, we come up with ideas, and we make decisions. Where our mind goes, often, our lives will head in that direction. 
And that is why in the war of our lives, because listen, if you're here this morning and you didn't know, there's a war for your life right now. And in that war, our minds are the battlefields. Our minds and thoughts are crucial in how we live life. But our minds can also be easily influenced and overburdened by our circumstances, our past mistakes, fear, doubt, and other emotions. And when our lives become overwhelmed, it can slowly start to overwhelm our minds. And when our minds are exhausted, it becomes evident in what we do. I like to watch TV, and uh, I love to watch certain shows. I love watching the Food Network uh, because I love cooking. I love to see the technique. It takes technique to cook a lot of food. But I also like to watch shows about restaurants. And so there's several shows. There's uh, there's Restaurant Impossible, there's Kitchen Nightmares and stuff. I like to watch those shows because I like seeing, uh, and basically if you've ever, never seen any of these shows, basically what happens is there's, there's a restaurant that's failing. They opened, they're doing really great, but then business slowed down, nobody's coming, food is bad, management is bad, and all this. And so what they do is they cry out for help, and they get a world-renowned chef to come there and try to help them restore their business. Well, oftentimes, when the world-renowned chef comes, he... he taste the food, he sees how the restaurant is handled, and a lot of times, they go crazy because they're like, wait a minute, there's no way, there, there's a reason why your business is failing. It's because most of the times, throughout what happened, all the circumstances, life happens, business isn't picking up, and what happens is the owner, the head chef, or the manager, they lose their passion because of it. Their mindset becomes so fixated on failing that they don't know how to be successful. And I love it because if you watch these shows, these chefs, they're, they're brutal. They're going to tell them the truth. They're not going to sugarcoat it. They're not going to say, oh, you know, if you did this, no. They're going to say, listen, you're failing. And I, I, I know it sounds weird, but I love it when that head chef comes in and says, listen, you're failing. No, I'm not. My food is good. No, my restaurant is good. No, you're failing. You need to get the mindset of you're failing. Why? Because if your mind cannot come to the comprehension that you're failing, then you can't be fixed. And so what, he does, what they do is they come in and they break the mindset. Because once there's brokenness, only then can there be repair. You don't fix something that's already fixed. You fix something that needs to be repaired, that's broken. And so they come in, and I love it because... At the end of the show, most times, they get, to, they get uh, through to the manager, the owner, the chef. They reignite the passion. And I love it because many times at the end of the show, the world-renowned chef transform a kitchen, transforms this kitchen nightmare into a kitchen miracle. And he brings a new mindset, a new attitude, which actually creates a platform for a great future. And here's the thing. In the same way, God has a great plan for you and I. Listen, if you didn't know that this morning, I'm letting you know that. God has a great plan for you and I. Doesn't matter where you're at right now. Doesn't matter what life is throwing at you right now. God still has a great plan for you and I. And he wants to transform it. He wants to transform our lives by renewing our minds. That's why it says it in Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to understand that Jesus is saying, listen, 
I, can tra- I want to transform you. I want to bring transformation into our lives. But it's not going to be because of our bank account. It's not going to be because of our financial situation or our family situation. It's going to be by our minds, by the renewing of our minds. And then he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, for some of us, our minds have been patterned after the way the world thinks. That is, we've been so caught up in how the world thinks and we set our minds to that, that it's actually pulled us away from the presence of God. For others, our minds may have become so ingrained to how our lives are that we just get used to it. We think, no, there's no other solution. That's all there is, this life. I'm so used to it. But you see, God wants to refresh, renew, and restore your mind so that it can so not that it's only used for him, but that so he can unleash the life he has for you. See, he calls us to not only have a mind that thinks, but to think like Jesus. I remember when I was young, it was like in the 90s, there, everybody used to have this wristband. Everybody, they'd make all these banners and all WWJD. What would Jesus do? And people would be like, oh, they would run that. And, but the thing is, although we took that and kind of made like, uh, merchandise about it, it's the truth that our minds are supposed to be going, what would Jesus do? In fact, that's why it says it in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, what Paul is writing is, listen, the same mind that Jesus had is the same mind that you should have, that we should have, that, that God is saying, I want for you. And so this morning, we're going to challenge our thinking. We're going to challenge our thinking, and we're going to discover how to develop a mind that not only thinks, but is also set on Jesus by reflecting on three insightful questions. And the first one is this. What are you feeding it? What are you feeding it? Uh, I have three girls. Caitlin is my oldest. She's five. Brianne is our middle child. She's three. She's going to be four later on this, week, this year. And Adrian is our baby who is 16 months. Well, Caitlin and Brianne go to school, and most of the times, uh, Katie and I, we, t- we take them to school. And as we're driving to school, normally I'll play worship music. And so there's a song that I just enjoyed. I love it. It's called Unstoppable God. And they're playing it, and we're playing it. And I've been playing it for, like, weeks and weeks. What was so funny is one day I was taking Caitlin to school, and I didn't turn on the radio. I didn't turn on the radio. We're just driving. And I'm just listening to her, and she's actually on her little tablet, uh, her leapfrog tablet, and she's just, she's just playing the game. And all of a sudden, I hear her start to sing. Unstoppable God, let your glory go on. And I'm not playing the music. I'm just driving, because to be honest, I was tired. I was like, oh, this is early. I got to drive you to school. <laughs> I'm driving, and I'm like half awake, half asleep. But that woke me up. Because it, it, it showed me something. My daughter is going to get fed whatever I feed her in her mind. If I'm, if I'm not careful, she's going she's gonna to also be fed whatever I feed myself. And I was so happy. I started singing with her. I was so funny because she only knew the chorus. She didn't know any of the verse. She, she kind of, you know, when they're at five years old, they kind of don't know all the words. But it was so amazing. It was so beautiful. It was so powerful because I was like, Lord, that's great. That's so great that 
that my daughter at five years old, she's singing worship songs. And the reason is because daddy plays worship music in the car. It's funny too because there's also times where I don't play worship music in the car. And then she starts singing. I'm like, where'd you learn that? Oh, daddy, because of what you're playing. You see, if we're not careful, we have to be intentional about what we're feeding our minds. Because a negative mind, a negative mind will never give you a positive life. A negative mind will never give you a positive life. And if that is true, then a worldly mind will never give you a God-purpose life. A worldly mind will never give us a God-purpose life. You see, the more that we feed our mind things that are not of Jesus, the farther we are from having a mindset of Jesus. See, our minds, our minds are the battlefields. But we get to choose which army we feed. Our minds are the battlefields, but we get to choose which army we feed. You see, you might be here this morning and you're facing a battle in your mind that is too big for you to overcome because you've overfed it. So it's time to starve the sumo. I was in sixth grade when I was first exposed to pornography. One of my classmates brought it to school. And he brought it, he showed a bunch of us guys, and, you know, it is true what they say, that pornography is the mo- one of the most destructive, destru- uh, destructive things that a young man or a young person can ever look at. Why? Because the moment we look at it, it gets burned into our brains. Now, at sixth grade, I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old when I was, when I was exposed to pornography, And the truth is, as I grew up in my teenage years, I continued to feed my brain pornography. And it became so ingrained that it started to warp my view of what God said love, marriage, sex is all about. And what's interesting is that I see that happen in the lives of many young people today. See, the world is telling them it's okay all right. It's natural. Especially for guys, no, it's okay. But it's not. If we're not careful of what we're feeding ourselves, there's going to be destruction later on. In fact, I just read an article that said um, pornography, they're, they're, st- they're starting to do studies on it, and they're saying pornography is one of the leading causes of why there's rape and murder. It's destroying the minds of young people. Why? Because they continuously get fed it. They continuously get fed it. Now that's just that, but the same can be true about anything else that that is not of the Lord. Listen, if it's not of the Lord, it's not going to lead to the Lord. If it doesn't lead to the Lord, it's not going to lead to eternal life. We got to be mindful. We got to be intentional of what we're feeding our brains. I I talk to our teens in Relentless and I tell them that. I tell them that, yeah, I used, to, I used to look at pornography. I used to be addicted to pornography. And a lot of them, they laugh. They joke. And I tell them, you don't realize the destruction that's going to come. Stop, st- start now. Start, stop feeding the sumo. And feed yourself what's good. In fact, that's what the Bible says in Philippians 4.8. 
It says, in conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Because what we feed our minds will influence our lives. Are we feeding our minds the truth of the Lord or are we feeding our minds the lies of the enemy? Because the best meal for our mind is the word of God. The best meal for our mind, the best thing that we can fill our minds and feed our minds is the word of God. Because when we fill our minds with God's word, it leaves no room for Satan's lies. When we feed our, when we feed our mind the word of God, it leaves no room for Satan and his lies. In fact, we see this take place in Matthew 4. In Matthew 4, Jesus actually gets baptized and he actually starts his ministry. But before he does it, he actually wanders the desert. And as he wanders the desert, Satan comes to him. Satan appears before him. And Satan actually challenges Jesus to kind of follow him. To forsake being the son of God and just do things here on earth and he, gives him, and he says, I'll give you anything. I'll give you everything. And then Satan actually uses scripture to try and trip up Jesus. Satan takes the word of God and he manipulates it. He deceives it for his own benefit. But here's how Jesus answers. And I love this one in Matthew 4.4. 4. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love it because here's, here's Satan. He's lying. He's full on lying. He's trying to wrap the, wrap the scriptures up, make it look like, look, look like God, but he's full, it's full of lies. And here comes Jesus saying, no. Why? Because I know the truth. The scriptures say no because I'm not going to turn these stones into rocks. Why? Because the, the scriptures say the truth is man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's like he takes, he says, you're going to spit at me scripture. You're going to spit at me these lies. I'm going to spit it right back. But the difference is, it's truth. And right there, Satan gets dealt blows. And after doing that three times to Jesus, Satan leaves. Why? Because he knows he can't win. He can't win against the truth. He can't. He can't win against the truth. And in the same way, Jesus shows us in Matthew 4, that to have a mindset of Christ is to be filled with the word of God and spending time with him daily in devotions and prayer. We just did a 21-day devotional challenge in our youth ministry, and, and the, anytime I tell youth to do devotions, a lot of times they'll give me the, oh, man, I don't like even doing schoolwork, and you like me read the Bible. And I'm like, listen, it's up to you. But I can promise you this. Should I, do you, should I read the Bible for 21 days straight and tell me after your life is indifferent? Why? Because you're being filled with something that's holy, pure, and right. And it's the same way. We, if we don't spend time with the, with the Lord in his word and in prayer, then ultimately we're saying our minds can be fed something else. What's interesting is Pastor Wayne Cordero shared with us at a youth pastor's practicum about our brains. And he actually used pornography as, as the subject. And he said anytime when somebody sees that image or something like that, it actually gets ingrained 
into our brain. It becomes part of our brain. And the more we look at it, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And then he said, I hate to tell you this, but there's no undo. There's no undo button. You can't undo that. It's actually written onto your brain. It's going to stay there. Unless you rewrite over it. See, a lot of people think, wait a minute, I, I, my brain has been fed all this junk already. I'm, I'm done with it. How, how can I get rid of it? It's not like I can just empty it like my computer and go, okay, drag to trash, empty the trash, and it's all good. Our brains aren't like that. But God gives us the ability to say, listen, if you feed your brain things that are of me, I can rewrite over it. I can rewrite over it. That's what Jesus did with me. I'm so thankful that I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't see that anymore. Why? Because I reflect on him. I reflect on all his greatness. Me and Katie's marriage is because of him, not because of that. I love that. I love how Jesus says, listen, you feed your brain, you feed your mind me. I'm going to start to transform your life. We've got to be intentional of what we're feeding our minds. And the second thing is this. We've got to ask, how are we filtering it? How are we filtering it? Now, some of you might have social media. You might have Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat. Uh, my wife, Katie, has Snapchat, and she loves Snapchat because Snapchat has this thing called filters, which is where you take a picture and you can add a filter to it to, well, Maybe it's better if I just show it to you, huh? So, for example, this is my wife, Katie, and our youngest daughter, Adrian. You see the hearts, and, and then this is our daughter and Brienne, and it's so pretty. You know, it's all, it's all cute and all that. And the next one is Katie and our daughter, Caitlin, and the, the haku and all that. <laughs> and then that's me. And for some weird reason, Katie thought it would be funny if, hey, let's put that filter on me. See, filters can, can make things look funny. That's our daughter, Adrian. That's our daughter, Brienne. And that's our daughter, Caitlin. And then that's me, again. You know, it's funny is because filters actually can make, they, they change the picture. Some filters make, make things better. They improve the picture. Some make it funny. And some don't. Make it actually look worse. I had to ask Katie, Katie, can you send me like some of the funniest ones, not the disturbing ones? Because <laughs> there's that filter, right, where you can uh, swap faces with somebody. And she had, she had a picture of her, me, uh, for her, of her and our daughter, Adrian, and it looked scary. I was like, no, I'm not going to show that to the church because <laughs> they're going to be afraid. But that's what filters do. Filters change the picture. Well, in the same way, when it comes to our minds, how are we filtering it? When it comes to our minds, what filters are we using? Or are we even using filters? Because we live in a time where the world is saying, it's okay, it's okay to share whatever's on your mind, just speak it. But what we fail to realize is that although sometimes that's okay, most times it's not. Because what happens is there's collateral damage. That happens not only to us, but others around us. In fact, right now, I don't know if you know, but there's a story right now in Hollywood of an of a act, actress who 
shared something, she tweeted something, and it wasn't the greatest. In fact, it wasn't great, it was so bad that her show got canceled. Within hours of her posting the tweet, the show got canceled. Now, there's, now they're talking about, she's, she's sharing, uh, you know, she wasn't feeling good, she, hurt, she wasn't on her medication, all that. But the thing is this, you did it. You had no filter. And a lot of times, that's what we use social media for. We'll, we'll be filled with emotions, and a lot of times we'll, we'll post stuff on our social media, we'll post stuff on our feed, we'll post stuff on our Twitter, we'll post stuff on Facebook or Instagram. Social media is not a great Filter. Why? Because it doesn't filter. There's a lot of people that they'll put stuff on social media and then what happens is they don't realize the ramifications of posting it. People have lost jobs. People have hurt people. People have, people have hurt themselves because of what they post. Why? Because they're not filtering their minds. Listen, social media will never filter you and I and our minds. We can't think that this is going to do that. It's not. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, Paul wrote that to the church in Corinth, but he's also writing that, that to us today. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to be to be, have our minds filled with thoughts that we're like, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna share it. Or it's easy for us to hear the thoughts and opinions of others and be like, you know, what? I'm gonna jump on board with that. But instead, Paul shows us the best filter to have. It's making our minds obedient to Jesus. I mean, imagine if we were to do that. Imagine if we were to take our minds and our thoughts and make them obedient to Jesus. What would that look like? How would our lives be transformed by this idea? Because here's the thing. We need a filter on our minds. Now, uh, some of you go camping, some of you go hiking, and if you go camping or hiking, especially on the mainland, what they've been talking about is that one of the most, da- one of the most uh, important things to have is water. Because without water, you're dead. And so people go hiking, people go camping, and they need water, and there's rivers. And so they're talking about, okay, well, how do we make it easier? How do we, how do we make it so that way somebody who's hiking or camping, if they need water, and they don't have, you know, fire, they don't have a pot to boil the water in, how do they, how can, what can we do to make water safe for hikers? And so they created this. It's called a life straw. And basically what you do is, you open this up, you put your mouth on this, and you can actually go to a river or a pond, and you can actually put this in the water and drink the water. Why? Because inside of this tube is filters. They filter all the rocks, all the junk. In fact, I was reading it. This actually uh, has so much filters, it can actually... uh, Filter out E. coli and bacteria so it's safe for somebody to drink. For somebody who's hiking and is in dire need of water, 
This is a lifesaver. Now, the difference between this straw and a straw that you get at McDonald's is, one, you got that straw for free from McDonald's. This one you have to pay for. But it's what's inside. Because what's inside will determine what comes out. In the same way, when it comes to our lives, we have to have a great filter that's going to give us life. Why not have the filter that is life? And that's Jesus. For our minds, for everything. Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Now please understand, our minds have to deal with the reality that we live in and the emotions that we're feeling. I get it. Life sometimes is hard. Sometimes we're overcome with emotions or the circumstances are just too real and our minds just get overloaded with it. But we can't just respond without a filter because if, the, if we want the life that God desires us to have, it must be filtered through the Holy Spirit. And I want to caution us on one simple thing too. You see, we can't just think that because we call ourselves Christians or because we come to church that our minds are automatically filtered according to God. We must set our mind on the Holy Spirit and let him have the control of filtering what comes in and through our minds. The best way I can explain this is last week, Sunday, uh, was after church. I told our our daughters, hey, you know what? After church, daddy's going to take you guys to Yogurtland. Mommy and daddy are going to take you guys to Yogurtland. And they're all excited. Yay! But they're being kolohe. Like, they were not listening at all prior to. And so I was like, you know what? I still promised we're going to go to Yogurtland, so we're going to go. And so we went to Yogurtland. Uh, we were so blessed. Uh, somebody treated us to Yogurtland. I was like, hey, even better. You see, and I, and I was trying to tell her, girls, listen, look at what God is doing, God is blessing and all this and that. But they still weren't listening. They were being kolohe. In fact, I have nicknames for all three of them. Caitlin's Lolo, Brianna's Pilakia, and Adrian's Kolohe. Because Caitlin is super funny because she's really clumsy. And Brianne is a troublemaker. And Adrian, the baby, is just Kolohe. <laughs> it's just the best way I can say it. But they're not listening. And, they're, and, and so we're finally done. And we're like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Oh, let's go walk around the mall. So we're like, all right, let's go walk around the mall. And so I think I'm holding, I'm holding Caitlin and Brianne. Katie has Adrian. And she's walking right in front of Kuhil Grill, right on the sidewalk. And she starts making her way on the road. Well, Caitlin lets go of my hand and runs to Katie, who's now on the road in front of Kuhil Grill. And so I'm like, Caitlin! And Katie's upset, and she's like, Caitlin! And so we both yell at her because we want to make sure she's safe. We yell so loud that there was a family in front of Kuhil Grill that were talking, and all of a sudden when we yelled, Caitlin, they stopped talking. And I was like, oh, and I felt shame. I'm not going to lie. I felt shame. I felt shame, but even more so, I felt mad. I was upset. I was angry. And so we get into the, so finally I grab Kate inside and I'm like, come here. And we're walking and I'm angry. I'm walking like, and I'm like, like the Hulk is trying to get out of me. And so we get into, and I'm, and my whole attitude, my whole mindset just changes. Like, 
like, we get to Macy's, they have that door, that button that you can press to open the door, and Kayla's like, I want to touch it. He's like, no, nobody's touching it. Come here, you're going to open the door. you lazy. Open the door yourself. And we get into the mall, and I'm going, like, I'm going, I'm angry, I'm upset. I'm, and to the point where I'm now taking it out on Katie, and, all this, and I'm, I'm so upset. Finally, we're walking around the mall, and she says, you know what? Let the girls come at me. You need to go. You need to go walk around and be with the Lord because right now, you're super angry. You are super upset and you're taking it out on everybody. And the first thing that came into my mind was, and I'm mad. <laughs> and the second, I was like, bro, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and then, right there, the Lord went, you're right. You are a pastor. That doesn't give you the right for any of this. So sure enough, I, went, so I, went, in ang- I was still angry. I was like, okay, go mom. And I just left. I just walked away. I walked. I went to Petco, looked at all the fishes, started to calm down, <laughs> the turtles and all this and that. <laughs> Finally, I came back to them and I was like, you know, daddy, sorry. You know, daddy was upset. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because I automatically automatically should have been, I thought to myself, wait, I'm a, I'm a, first of all, I love Jesus. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love all that. But the thing is, my mind is not going to be automatically filtered to God just because I'm a pastor or just because I call myself a Christian. I have to deliberately filter my mind by allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to filter it. When Katie said go, it's almost like the, Lord, the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you need me right now, not your title, not what you call yourself. You need me right now to filter your brain, to get rid of all that anger that you're not even angry. You're just, you're just upset because you feel bad. You see, that's why we got to make sure that we're filtered through the Holy Spirit because only then will we think with God's purpose. And the last thing is this. The last question is this. Where is your focus? Where is your focus? You see, whatever our mind focuses on is the life that it's going to capture. It's like a, it's like a camera. Where, whatever our mind is focused on, that's the life it's going to capture. And that's why it's important to focus on what's most important. Our minds will always be processing data and information from what's taking place in our lives. But we can get so distracted from that that we lose sight of what's important. A couple years ago, Katie was doing a photo booth, a uh, graduation photo booth. And so we were running late, and I had to pick up all the equipment and all that, put it in my van, and drive out to the location. And so already, I'm already flustered because I, I have to pick up everything. I have to make sure I have everything. I don't want to forget anything. I want to make sure we have all the things that we need for this photo booth, all the props, all this and that. Second, we're running late. Third, I don't really know where this location really is. And so I'm, I'm flustered by all these thoughts. Well, I finally get to the location, I find the place, and uh, I'm, drive, I'm trying to find where Katie, where Katie is and all this and that. So I'm driving in. And as I'm driving in, I can see uh, uh, my in-laws and other people setting up. And then I see Caitlin, who's with my in-laws. And, and so I hear her yell, Daddy! So I'm like, hey, Caitlin. But my mind is focused. My mind isn't really focused on her. It's Okay, we got to set up. We got to get all this stuff done because 
it's, it's, a, it's a Photoshop gig for, uh, for Katie. Well, I pull in, I start reversing, and all of a sudden I hear, Caitlin! I was so focused on trying to get to the party and make sure everything got, got set that I didn't realize my daughter had run behind my van. Thank the Lord, somebody out Caitlin because I stopped. And I looked out, and by the time I looked out, in the rearview mirror, my daughter was right behind. And so I parked the car, I got out, small kind yelled at her. <laughs> Big time yelled at myself, though. I hugged her, and I, and I realized, Daddy got so flustered and so focused on the photo booth that I wasn't paying attention to what was most important. If anything had happened to Caitlin, the photo booth wouldn't have meant nothing. You see, our minds can get so overwhelmed and so flustered by what's happening around us that we fail to see what's most important and focus on that. Jesus says it like this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Are our minds focused on what's temporary or is it focused on what's eternal? When our minds are focused on eternity and what is of the Lord, it becomes easier to understand what's the most important thing in our lives because it keeps us locked down on it. It was so funny. My daughter, Brianne, one day, uh, she wakes up this, in fact, it was just this week. She woke, she woke up one morning and she comes to me and she says, you know, she kind of wake up tired, right? And she's three. And she's like, morning, daddy. And I'm like, good morning, Brianne. And she looks at me. Good morning, Pastor Ben. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, good morning, Pastor Ben. And she comes and shakes my hand. Why? Because she sees everybody up here, you know, shake my hand. She sees them and people call me Pastor Ben. And it's funny because I told her, baby, daddy might be Pastor Ben, but I'm always going to be your dad. That's what's most important. In other words, I was trying to tell her, listen, there might be one day I'm, never, I'm not going to be a pastor. We'll see how this message goes. <laughs> but there might be one day that I'm not going to be a pastor. But I'll always be her father. And I want her to know that, listen, I want you to realize what's more, most important, Brianne. It's not me being pastor. <laughs> Trust me. It's not. The most important thing is, I'm your dad, and you're my daughter, and it goes for all my girls. You see, we can find our minds being so busy that it, inhibit, it, it inhibits us from being productive in the areas that matter the most. But Jesus shows us how to have a mind that thinks for the glory of God, and I love this because when you want to see the real mindset of Jesus, you got to look at him when he's at his worst. And believe it or not, there was a time where Jesus was at his worst. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane. For the first time ever, when I read, every time I read that scriptures, when Jesus finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, I see Jesus fully as the son of man, not the son of God. Because he's there and, and he knows what's going to happen. He knows that his best, one of his best friends is going to betray him. He knows the fact that everybody else is going to leave him. That's what his mind is, is, is thinking about. He knows that he's about to die and it's not a it's not a glorious death. It's a painful and brutal and excruciating painful death. 
But he, so he goes in the garden and, and with his mind so filled with these things. He could easily be, he could be so focused on the cross. He could be so focused on the betrayal. He could be so focused on all that. But then he says this. He says it in Luke twenty-two forty-two. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And what he says is, what, what he means is that his mind, although his mind was, was already consumed what was about to happen, he thought about his focus was on what his father wanted. That was our salvation. And that's why he went. See, Jesus wasn't focused on what was going on right in front of him. His mind was focused on the important things to come. When I was in high school, I had to take driver's ed. And if you ask my driver's ed instructor, I was probably the worst driver's ed student. And so uh, <clears throat> I remember the first time we got behind the wheel, I started freaking out because in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, this is, a, this, is, this is huge. I was like 15. And I'm like, you're going to put me behind the, the wheel of a car, a moving car that's going faster than 10 miles per hour. This is huge. And so I remember uh, we, we, there's like three of us. And so we all took turns driving. And uh, finally, we, got to, we, we did a big test. We did a big test. It was us driving to Waimea and driving back. And uh, the, our instructor said, okay, listen, uh, the first student, you're going to drive to Honoka, and then Honoka to Waimea, or Honoka to Waimea, and then back to Honoka, and then the third one will drive back to Hilo from Honoka. So I was like, okay, I want the third one. I want the third one because it seems like the shortest. I definitely don't want the second one because he's driving to Waimea and then back to Honoka. And I didn't want to be the first one because I didn't want to mess up first. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I told my friends, okay, I'm going to go third, guys. I'm going to go third. And they're like, okay. So drives to Honoka, friend jumps out, my other friend jumps in, drives to Waimea. We get to Waimea, and the instructor says, okay, Rabanoza, your turn. He's like, huh? He's like, yeah. So okay. I jump inside the car. He's like, you're driving all the way back to Hilo. Mister, that's not fair, bro. My friend guys only had like one horseshoe, two horseshoe. I, gotta get, I get three now. I get the whole thing. And so we're driving, and I, I kid you not, the horseshoes was my, was my fear because uh, I just was scared because I was like, I know that stuff can happen on this road. And so we're driving, and my instructor, as we get to the first horseshoe, my instructor yells at me, Urbanozo, look forward. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm looking at you, and you're looking at the lines in the road right here over the hood. Like, you're driving like this, not this. And I'm like, but mister, I don't like, I don't like crash. He's like, well, if you're only looking down, you're not going to see what's coming up, and you might still crash. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so you finally get to the horseshoe, and he's like, listen, as you go into the curve, if all you're doing is looking at the road, you're not going to see what's coming up. So I tried. The first one. It's like, oh, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had his, he had his foot like right over the, the brake, just in case. But I'm like, oh. And so I get out of the first horseshoe. He's like, okay, okay, that was bad. 
do it again. You get two more. So again, the second one, I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my friends in the back were praying. I don't know if they knew Jesus, but they were praying back there. <laughs> and then the third one, I finally got into the mode, okay, I'm not going to look down. I'm just going to look. And I'm like this. I'm like, this is scary. Like, I don't know where the car is at. I'm just going, I'm just looking at, I'm just focused on what's coming up. And right there he says, that's the whole point. You, if, as a driver, if all you're doing is looking here, you're never going to look there. If our minds are focused here, what's going on right now, we're never going to get our minds focused on the bigger and better things that Jesus has for us. That's what that, see, some of us are here, and our focus is right here. We're focused on the lines on the road rather than the destination that God wants us to get, get to. And when it comes to our minds, this is where many of us get stuck. Our mind stays focused within the confines of our own human nature that we miss out on the extraordinary greatness that God has for us. See, our minds are supposed to be where the thoughts and ideas and decisions and dreams that God has for us are set free. But for some of us, we think we lost in the battlefields of our minds. And we place our minds in the prison of our past, our bad decisions, failed moments, overwhelming pressure, doubt, worry, and other emotions. We stay there, feeding our minds with negativity, expressing our own opinions without a care, focused on temporary meaningless things. Our mind has become a prison with our lives carrying out its sentence. And if that's you this morning, I want to tell you just one name. A name that perhaps maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, or maybe you have, but you just, you ha- you've heard bad things about. His name is Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, who came to this world and gave his life to forgive us of our sins, to give us eternal life. See, the Master wants a relationship with you. He wants to be our Lord and Savior. He wants to set us free from the bondage that holds us back from living the life that God wants us to have. He wants to transform our lives from where it is now to something greater. And if you're here this morning saying, hey, my life is great, trust me, there is always greater. And how does he want to do this? By renewing our minds to be just like his. To feed our minds with his voice through his word to have it filtered and be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that it remains focused on him. See, God doesn't just want us to have a brain, but he calls us to have a mind that thinks. And the best way to be mindful is to be mindful of Jesus Christ. And the best way to be mindful of Jesus 
is to have a relationship with him. Amen? You can put your notes away. You can put your Bibles away. I'm going to ask you that you close your eyes and bow your heads. Some of us right now, our minds are full of clutter. Our minds are stressed out. Our minds are filled with doubt and regret. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's not a mind that thinks. It's a mind that's overburdened, overwhelmed, in prison. But I have come to set you free from that. To set you free from that that mindset, that perspective that you may have. Whether it be on life, whether it be on others, or even yourself. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to have our minds like his, to set our minds on what is of life and peace, to have a mind that is just like his. The best way he can do it is by having a relationship with you. That's right, he wants you. Despite whatever's happening, whatever happened in your life, whatever happening right now, wherever you've been, he wants you. He loves you. With a love that is so reckless, it doesn't need a reason. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And he's saying to you, listen, when you have me, I'm gonna lead you to where you wanna go. In fact, better, I'm going to lead you to where I want you to go. And if that's you this morning, with everybody's, or with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask that you repeat after me. And as, I, as you say the words, you, you say with all your heart. You're not saying it to me. You're not saying it to the person next to you. You're saying it to the Lord of lords, the King of kings, Jesus Christ himself. Lord Jesus, I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross and that you rose again to give me eternal life because you love me. Transform me with the renewing of my mind through your Holy Spirit. Help me to focus on all that you have for me. And may I live my life from this day forth set on you. In Jesus' name I pray. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you said that prayer for the first time this morning, would you, would you be so brave to say, Lord, I said that prayer. I, I, I accept you into my life. I want a relationship with you. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? Because I want to say a special prayer for you. Good. See you there. See you in the back. Lord, you see the hands, you see the hearts, Lord. Change their mindsets, change their lives because of how much you love them. Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord, that as you renew our minds, Lord, our lives will reflect you. So Lord, we thank you for being the master. Thank you for giving us a mind that not only thinks, but is to be like yours. May we think of you forever and ever in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen.